Hello and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter, as featured on BBC Radio 4 Extra's Podcast Hour, BBC Radio Manchester and also now BBC Radio Lancashire. Joining me today is Tony Heskus from Phono Stage Audio, which is based in Preston. We are going to be chatting all about what the business is and what Tony does. So welcome, Tony, to the podcast. How are you today? Oh, fine. Thank you. Great. Fine. Take me back to when you started sort of the business. Why did you decide to set it up? Was it in 2013? It was, yeah, it was a long time ago. And I, and I, I had a proper job, so, uh, which was, you know, it's a full-time job and, you know, it's a sort of like decent occupation with a pension and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was completely unrelated to music. Uh, nothing to it whatsoever. I, I won't go into too many details. It was a boring job. It was in an office. And it was just, you know, it, it was a good, good job and a good career, but it was unrelated to anything musical. And I've always been obsessed with music you know, messing with hi-fi equipment, collecting records, mm-hmm. playing in bands, whatever it is, it's just been, you know, if you'd have asked me at the time, I'd always preferred to call myself a, a musician or somebody into music than somebody working at the local authority, say. Mm-hmm. So um, I had this idea, you know, from, uh, I don't know, maybe watching telly or something, that, you know, that, you know, I could set up my own business. You know, I, rather than just buying and selling records for myself, I could set up my own business. And if I made a million pounds a week selling records, you know, I could I could leave work and I could live the dream and, you know, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But that was, that was years ago. And what really happened is that the business existed and grew. It was really mostly just records. We were buying and selling records, classic records, collectible stuff. I think I... I think I listened to 10,000 records, you know, because wow. everyone has listened to and cleaned and posted out. We still do the records. It's been eclipsed by hi-fi more now. But at that time, I was spending the evenings, the weekends, bits of my mornings, sandwiching it all around the periphery of going to work. And it's pretty exhausting. And it was limiting. You know, the business couldn't grow because there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough time to kind of grow it, really. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I, it, it, it got to a point, you know, after about five years of this or something, where it was, it, it reached a critical point, really, where I just couldn't, uh, couldn't carry on doing that. I had no life, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, oh, something's got to give. I either, either throw the towel in on the, on the music thing, on the records and the, the hi-fi stuff, and I started all these dreams and ideas. I said, or, or, or I give up the give up a good job, which is pretty mental, really, and just, um, you know, give it all up, the pension and everything. I, I'd always said that I would stop work when I was 50, you know, stop working for, like, the man, as it were. Yeah. I would be doing my own thing by the time I was 50. Mm-hmm. And it got to where I was going to be 50, in eight months or something there was a plan and we had some long heartfelt discussions me and my wife and it was about you know are you gonna are you gonna pack it in or are you gonna have a proper go at it and we decided to have a proper go at it so 
two and two and two and a bit years ago, it became a full-time occupation. The hi-fi shop demo room was opened uh-huh. and it's been full on ever since trying to grow the business as a full-time occupation. You know, I haven't had as much money, I haven't had much time, but it's been the thing that I always wanted to do. You know, and that, was, yeah, that just shows as well how it's more about what you enjoy. Like, you sh- what is the phrase when it's like, if you do something you enjoy, you never work a day of your life or something. And that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's two sides to that, isn't it? Because I've heard that. I've heard that. And I've also heard people say, never turn your hobby into your job or you'll never enjoy it again in your life. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's not true. That, that, you know, there's one for the dissenters because it's not true. You know, I was in the, uh, I had a couple came down from Scotland for a demonstration of some rare and exciting speakers just on Saturday it was. And um, they were there all afternoon and uh, we were listening to all kinds of music that I've never listened to before. They wanted to hear Andy Williams on these speakers. And it sounded so fantastic. You know, I'd even, I would even listen to Andy Williams for pleasure. You know, it was just, we had such a good time. And him and his wife were such lovely people. You know, you can have a great time, you know, working, doing what it is that you want to do, getting, doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. It's just making that decision, isn't it? You know, like, and people often ask me about that. It's, it's that thing about can you leave full-time work and, you know, chuck your career in to do something like that. It just depends yeah. on the individual. It's inspiring. Um, so what do you sell? You've said hi-fi systems. Not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. So yeah. why do you go through what that is as well as what else you sell at the at the place okay so it's um let's so take it from the top i suppose people think about hi-fi now because it's because it's it's, it's, it's it's trendy you know back in back in fashion for a few years now is records vinyl as it's called nowadays or vinyls which i don't really agree with the use of that word it doesn't exist vinyls and and turntables you know record decks, record players so, of course, when you buy a record deck, you need to have something to play it through. It's not going to work on its own. So it usually goes into an amplifier and then it goes into a pair of speakers. Mm-hmm. So in, 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 in straightforward terms, that's your basic hi-fi. One turntable, one amplifier, one pair of speakers. And then you can add things. These days, everybody wants to stream everything. And me too. You know, I'm, I'm a vinyl nut, but... I use, uh, you know, I've got streaming services and I have very high quality streaming service and I absolutely love it. You know, mm. I just think of something, you could ping like a little light bulb in my head and I think, oh God, remember that? And then I can just get it on and it comes out, you know, it's fantastic. So you, you add to it stuff, streamers, you know, different other little preamps, mm. more amplifiers, better cables, you know, depending on your level of desire, and obsession and income and all those other things, uh, you know, you expand, you you improve. You know, it's, it's it's a hobby, isn't it? Once it gets beyond a certain point, it's a kind of an obsession or a hobby or a labour of love. The speakers we were listening to the other day are over £4,000 for the pair. And you could say, some might say, it's nuts to buy a pair of speakers for 4,000 something pounds. And this lovely chap and his wife were having a discussion about whether they could justify spending that, even though they were thoroughly enjoying themselves. They'd never heard Andy Williams sounding so good. Mm -hmm. But 
I did point out to him that if he was into paragliding or speedboating or horse riding or anything, and I don't say this to all my customers because you know, it's not my role to tell them about the relativity of money, but you know, we were there all day together. I said it would probably cost him a lot more to get his yeah. speedboat engine rebuilt or something like that. We yeah. pay to do the things we love, you know, and what those things are could be anything. You know, you don't kind of bat an eyelid really if somebody is into horses. You don't, you never say to them, how much did that horse cost? You've got to be yeah. kidding me. You know, how much was those boots? Well, people are very quick to say, how much were those speakers? Yeah. Um, but you've got to look at things in relative terms, you know, so. Um, Definitely. If they sound that good to you and you're going to spend your lifetime, your minutes and hours that you never get back listening to them, then that's worth it. Definitely. And so where are you based in Preston? Whereabouts are you? We, uh, we've got, um, we're based, we're based everywhere. Okay. So, but we are a local, we're an independent business. So, um, but the, the online stuff, we sell stuff all over the world, records and the like, but we have a little showroom demo rooms in higher Walton on the outskirts of Preston. Mm -hmm. so um in the old mill there in higher walton and and i'm not there all the time because i have an office at home and we have a little vinyl warehouse elsewhere so i'm to and froing mm. but i'm never more than five minutes away for the most part so there's kind of like you know i, I usually prefer people to call uh, the numbers on the website and just say i'd like you know i had a chap on the phone just before i spoke to you he's interested again in speakers uh I prefer people to call and say, do, we don't have a massive range of stuff in, but we have some nice things. Uh, say, do you have such a thing? Or can you get it in for demonstration? Or can I come down and look at some record decks? You know, that sort of thing. And then I can arrange to be there for sure. Or um, I could even possibly be able to get in for the demonstration. The thing it is, that, or the things that they are interested in listening to or looking at, which is very helpful to people. Yeah. So, but, you know, if anybody just rings on the bell, you know, I usually pick it up anyway from wherever I am. And I can say I'll be there in five minutes. So, yeah, uh, generally speaking, it's appointment only. But, you know, people are more than welcome to get in touch and arrange to come down if they want anything hi-fi related. We deal with a lot of great brands of stuff, apart from obvious things, the Project and some Riga products, which people may well have heard of. We deal with a lot of British hi-fi companies where they make the stuff themselves. Um, you know, the, the speakers that we sell often are things like the Graham Audio speakers. They're all handmade in a, a converted farm building somewhere on the south coast. Mm -hmm. They're some of the nicest speakers that you can buy, you know, and uh, we deal with a lot of that kind of thing. We, we sort of specialise in, in British hi-fi. That's not all we sell, but that's our thing, you know, we're, we're an independent business and we can't compete with um, large online hi-fi retailers. And we don't attempt to, you know, because it would just be us throwing money at, throwing money at Google down a hole that we'd never get back. So we, um, we think about the things that are, um, the more 
sometimes more esoteric, but sometimes they're just a bit more, a bit more of an organic product and a bit of a homegrown product. And uh, you know, but they're often not at the expense of the hi-fi credentials. There's some of the best regarded pieces of equipment in the world, like BBC licensed monitors and you know, super turntables. You know, mm. it's really some of it's very nice stuff. So we, we do we do have something to offer for all price ranges, but we offer things as well that are a bit different and a bit exclusive and a bit more interesting. And so have you always, from being like a child, had this interest in music and records and speakers and things like that? Or did it sort of, was there a key moment where you started to show an interest? Uh, well, I, I, I sort of remember a couple of key moments, yeah. There was, <laughs> when I was at school, I played the cello, right, because my mum really wanted me to. <laughs> I started doing it on a whim, I think. Everybody had to pick an instrument. You know, it's one of those, you know, it was, it was, I don't know. It was a rough place to be, you know, playing the cello at school where I went. You know, you were the popular kid. It was, uh, I mean, our school, it was like a scene from Kez anyway. So <laughs> it was just flipping. I, I just hated it. And I wanted to give up. My mum wouldn't let me. She just said, you can't give that up there because we bought this cello. And, um, and then one day... Uh, I saw my, my mate Gary, I learned that he played the electric guitar. So, and I was just so insanely jealous. I had teenage jealousy, full on, and, and I gave up the child and I thought I'd love to be able to play the guitar. And um, that was an idea that I had in my head that I didn't know how to do anything about. And then one day at school, we had, um, the music teacher had invited it, somebody out the sixth form to show us what an electric guitar was and what it sounded like. Uh, we don't think we knew about this, this plan, you know, <laughs> and it, this, it was it was a lad out the sixth form that we were all scared of, you know, because he was bigger than everybody else. He had longer and he was, he just, he just looked at, he just looked hard as nails, you know, we used to see him around the school and nobody had to speak to him. But he, we went into the class and he was sat on top of the amplifier and he had this electric guitar. He goes, I've brought, brought such a body here, he says, just to show you what, we're talking about modern music, what an electric guitar is and this and that and the other. He said, would you just play a few notes for us? I think it must have been about 14 or 15. And he just he just hit this thing and it just went, you know, it's like, Dang! and some squealing notes come out of it and straight away the teacher stopped him. And he just said, right, okay, that's enough now. Thanks very much. I was, I, I was struck down. You know, that was it for me. I had to have one. I went on the bus to Aintree with my paper round money to buy the first guitar for £15 that I'd seen in the Ormsburg advertiser. You know, so, and I had started buying records at a guitar in. So I bought, I bought, I remember, I bought some David Bowie and then I bought some Dire Straits. And I had this system. I was a music centre. I was never happy with the sound because it didn't sound like, I think his name might have been Gary as well, played the guitar. I used to try then start to improve the sound with stereo to get it to sound more like my mum's stereo. So as I had big speakers and it had woofers and tweeters. And so I started trying to butcher my speakers to add different little drivers in things that I'd get from the Tandy shop. You know, it started... I don't know. At one point, I think I got a radio cassette and put another separate speaker near it that connected in parallel to the first speaker. And I was convinced it was stereo. It wasn't stereo. It was just a radio cassette with two speakers. But I started meddling. Mm. I was about 15. I was getting obsessed with music. And as soon as I left home, I had my own hi-fi system set up. And then every little bed sitting flat and everything that I ever lived in. 
I bought it thinking, can I play my stereo in here? Can I set up my stereo in here? You know, how can I get the stereo so that it's not heard by my neighbours in here? You know, it was all really about, and I just got more and more and more into it, you know, buying and selling, trying to improve what I had with no money. So when, you, when you're sort of doing that, you end up with a million systems. I was always looking in loops and thinking, I'll have that amplifier, I'll have those speakers, I'll have those cables, swapping and changing all the time. And before you know it, you've learned a lot. Yeah. And I read on your website that you've been in many bands. So what was, I'm guessing you played the guitar in them. What was that experience like? Uh, that was really good. You know, it was really good. And I'm still sort of in a band now, but we've, we don't play anywhere. We did one gig and then lockdown struck. Just like kind of blues rock playing around pubs. It was nothing famous and nothing glamorous. But um, I don't think there's anything as much fun as live music in that way. Getting together with your mates and practicing and all that sort of thing. And now I sit at home and I try recording stuff on my guitar. You know, and I'm never going to make the big time. I don't care because that is something that I just enjoy doing. I think when I was 20 something, I probably, you know, dreamed that I would become, I don't know famous guitar player or whatever or thought could be but I think everybody kind of thinks that about something that they're doing when they're younger but it doesn't mean that when that doesn't happen you shouldn't let it detract from the pleasure of doing what you're doing so yeah. now I'm sitting in a room on my own playing the guitar but uh, but I like listening to music as well you know so uh, it, it doesn't really relate anymore for me when I listen to music I don't listen to guitarists I listen to mostly drummers right. and singing. So it's, it's a strange thing. So. so what's your sort of favourite band then? Or or favourite drummer? Or Because I, I used to play the drums and um, we went to see Queen with Adam Lambert in Liverpool. Yeah. And Roger Taylor and his son did like a, a drumming battle so it went to Roger and then his son and then back and back and I was just totally blown away that the setup he had was absolutely insane so I'd be interested to hear what your favorite sort of drummer or song or band is all oh, right okay well uh, overall I would say <laughs> uh, uh, oh I've, I've got favorites now that, that, that just so I, I'm going to say overall Rush the band Rush and the drummer, Neil Peart, because even though I don't listen to it so much now, my favourite drummer now is a different drummer altogether. It, it, I've, I've, I've discovered uh, Stephen Wilson it is, and Stephen Wilson's music, and the drummers that he plays with are just, just incredible, you know. So um, I've been listening to that a lot more, that sort of thing. But in terms of all-time favourites, the one that on average in life I've probably been into for more years was Rush, really, and Neil Peart drumming. And I think um, I discovered it with my sister's boyfriend when I was about 18 or 17 or something. I was, I was a bit younger than that. I was probably about 17. She had this boyfriend and he played Rush music and I started listening to this. thought it was too loud at first and then got into it and then discovered how brilliant it all was. And... Uh, all I wanted to do was pass my driving test so that I could get a car and play Rush really loud with the windows open. Yeah. You know, that, that was my motivation for trying to pass my test because I just imagined, so I used to be jealous of the cars going around with all the music blurring out and really wished it could be me. I thought, if I passed my driving test, I'd put Rush on the tape really loud. 
I don't yeah. think I did And then with technology, obviously it's changed so, changed so much even in the last decade. What do you think's been like the biggest change in the way we listen to music? Obviously, I'm thinking streaming would be the main thing, but what would yeah. you say has been the, the biggest change? Well, um, it is related to technology, but of course it's experiential, isn't it? So it's streaming for sure. You're absolutely right because um, because getting away from the the technological aspects of it, our ears have not, not changed. You know, we're the same, and the music's the same. And what people stream is usually often is often old stuff. So the difference is the availability and immediacy of it. That's the same, isn't it? You know, like in parallel with a lot of the way that the, that the world is, isn't it? With TV, you know, and I, I read a thing about, it, was, it feels like it was only yesterday. It wasn't long ago. And I remember reading something. He said, one day we won't bother with the celestial TV because we'll have um, the terrestrial TV. Celestial. Imagine that, the terrestrial TV, because it'll all be, um, we'll just be able to watch wherever we want, when we want on the internet. And I was thinking, Pat, as if it's ever going to be fast enough for that. How many hard drives will be? All these questions, you know, mm. rubbish. It's going to be, it won't be in my lifetime. But two or three years later, I think it was happening. You know, and technology is exponential, isn't it? And it's speed of growth. So the same is happening with music. And it's the fact that the music hasn't changed. I think the other day I tried to search on a large streaming service whose name I shall not mention. You know, <laughs> related to a South, South, South American river. I tried to, um, I tried to find uh, McDonald's and Giles, which is it's an old King Crimson spin-off from about 1971 or something like that to see if it had gone on to Amazon yet. And, you know, it's the stuff I'll sometimes search for on these streaming services is, is old music. You know, that's not changed and I've not changed. But um, it's the fact that you can just think of something and play it. Yeah. You can, that's the big difference for everybody. They can think of it and do it. They can think of it and watch it. Or they can think of it and play it. Uh, they can do it in hi-fi or they can just do it mobile, you know, going out with your iPod or wherever like that. Mm. So, the, and this again relates to the technology, the fact that you can do it wherever you are. So on my phone, anywhere in the world, I can listen to any music that I can think of. And yeah. it's the availability, isn't it? The instant yeah. availability of, of, of music where is the biggest single difference, I think. And what you were saying in terms of how you can listen to older songs and things, I remember in lockdown, we as a family would sit down and just like play music and reminisce on music. And I think maybe there's been an increase in that sort of, oh, do you remember this song from the 80s? And then you put it on straight away and it's, that service that the immediacy is actually like I think just because it's modern now as well that's what happens everyone's fast fast yeah. fast um yeah so yeah um I wanted to ask because I can tell just from like listening to you that it's such a huge passion of yours so if I came to um the shop that you've got in Howalton what experience do you offer your customers? So I get the feeling it's very personal. Um, yeah. So sort of talk me through this, the, the demo room and everything there and sort of what would happen. Right, so um, 
Uh, well, okay, so so the other day, the, the, the afternoon that I spent with that chap and his wife, I, I had um, I had another another chap down in the in the morning. He just called me in the morning. He'd seen the um, he'd seen something on I don't know if it Googled Hi-Fi Shop or whether he'd he'd seen it on Facebook. Sometimes people come from one place or the other. And he said, I, I want to buy my daughter a system for a birthday. A record player mm. so i said yeah that's great so and um and i said it what what's she plugging it into what's she going to plug it into because that matters you know te a technical reason why it matters well she hasn't really got anything so i guess she's going to need speakers as well and maybe an amplifier i said well come down and have a look so he came down and he had a look and had a couple of little little sort of you could set them up on a table or bookshelf type systems um i had a few things for him to look at we had a listen we had a talk about it, you know, we talked about the money, he, he liked what he heard, and he was looking for, he ended up buying a full system, like a matching system, but it was, it's kind of a good quality, but um, great for her, because easy to use, um, she could, she, he, he just felt like it'd be just right for it, it looked cool, it wasn't very big, not very critical for where it's placed, so after trying a couple of things out, he, he, he ordered um, that little system for it, and it, you know, so um, I, can, I can get that sent out for him on next day delivery. So the chap and his wife that came in the afternoon, it was a, it was a different proposition really. He came to look at a very expensive CD player and try out these speakers that I've recently got in, and they're over three thousand and over four thousand pounds a set, and they're for very specific tastes and very specific ears. You've got to be into that kind of thing really to want to spend that on those speakers. And they spent the whole afternoon, you know, and I was not pressured for time here because my door isn't like open in the sense where, you know, customers are going to be coming in and I'll be like, oh, sorry, I've got another customer and da, da, da. you know, I don't rush about or, you know, if, if people have got the time or need to spend the time, they can spend the time, you know, really listening. And that's not, that's not time wasters. You know, I don't think that I'm, kind of available enough you know not on the high street to you know like for people to kind of come in and just kick tires and walk out i don't really get any of that i get people who have good intent and they genuinely um they, they have a good idea of the sort of thing that we want and they're interested in getting into a conversation about it and they're interested in knowing how it's going to work for them so i'll take the time to sort of like think about what they're going to play on it and where they're going to be setting it up and how much they want to spend and what the future is going to be like for them if they want to change anything, you know, and, and, and all that sort of thing, you know. So we experiment with things sometimes or I can get, get them to bring their own equipment down and put it with my bits of the equipment or their own records down, you know, that sort of thing. So we do, it, it's a flexible approach, but yeah, you're right, it's a very personalised approach and it's, it's kind of very... It's very bespoke to them. You know, we don't have a, a default response for people. Mm. You know, we don't have anybody saying, look, you need to sell 10, 10 of these this week. You know, you've got to shift 10 of those this week, you know, because if we don't get rid of another 100 of those over the next fortnight, you know, we won't have the contract. We'll have to sell them off as clearance or give them away for free to keep the contract. Mm. But we don't have any of that. So we just really are talking about people's specific needs and things like that and we don't have a huge amount of stuff in there 
but we have quite a bit and it's, we tend to keep the interesting things in if we can. And is that what makes you different to sort of another hi-fi seller somewhere else? Is that what you'd say is your unique aspect, the personal um, approach? I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say, yeah, I would say that. Um, and the fact that we also do the vinyl records as well. And we do we do not just new vinyl records, which, you know, we, we do have catalogues of new stuff available to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our experience of dealing with collectible vinyl records and every kind of rock record that ever was produced on the planet and you know when people talk about and this is where i think we have something to offer people come in or get in touch or ring us up and i had a chap on the phone this morning he's a classical musician and he he plays and records piano he has a steinway grand piano and he was looking for particular types of speakers that would replicate the piano in a particular size of room and i know how to get into that discussion with him and how to answer that question and some of the technical difficulties of reproducing a single piano note that I've been learning about just recently from a designer who designed some of the speakers that I deal with. And um, or if somebody comes in and says, well, I listen to, there's another chap, he says, I listen to heavy metal music, you know, not just heavy metal music, very heavy metal music, Norwegian, extremely heavy metal music, something that will sound, you know, good for that. You know, I knew the, the music he was on about, and I knew the bands, some of the bands he was talking about, and I knew some of the records he brought with him. And he said he wanted, you know, Black Sabbath some, um, Into the Void, and he wanted to try it on this and this. You know, I knew, you know, I was listening on that track for Geezer Butler's rattling bass notes and things like that. We had a, a discussion that meant something to him. Mm. So I'm likely to have played, heard, tried and tested, or understand at least the kind of music that people come to me with and what might suit it. You know, I've tried every different kind of system, every different kind of room in my own evolution. So that's the thing, it's the music side of it, integrating with it. And that's why we sell records as well and deal with records. Some hi-fi places just don't, or they sell a token amount of new records. But it seems daft to me that really. It's a bit like why why the places that sell cars not sell fuel to run them? Mm. You know, just yeah. separation for the two, I don't think. It's very closely related. And how's it been during the pandemic and the lockdowns? I'm guessing you've been shut quite a lot, but was it online? Did that boom? Uh, yeah, well, we had a bit of a tricky time with the lockdown. So um, it was about timing for us because we, well, first of all, so we've got the unit open just before the lockdown started. So before I even got a chance to get up and running properly with it, I think I might have had a couple of customers, I can't remember. Uh, And, you know, I bought stuff and I converted it all and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, we ended up shutting it down. So, um, and I think it opened once for a short period in the the, the interim period. But I thought, it's okay, we've managed online before. I'm going to focus my attention online and we'll get back to the, you know, if it, you know, if it, um, you know, whatever happens with this pandemic. 
we had a website before that had a few bits of hi-fi on it and it had some musical equipment, musical instruments equipment and DJ stuff on it and some records. But the hi-fi was pretty rubbish, you know. It it just had outdated itself. It was always getting security things popping up from Google and all the other stuff. It just it, it was done on the cheap years ago. So we wanted a brand new Magento website. And we'd been sort of promised one, I think, for the April of that year. So I thought, well, it's not long off before we'll have our new website and we'll be able to hopefully get online going really quickly. Thought it would work instantly, give Google a few quid to promote it and, you know, boom. But it, the, the practical, in reality, that didn't, that did not work that way. It's slow to be seen in a competitive world on the internet. And social media, the importance of using social media to good effect becomes more and more evident as you go on. You know, it's so important to have a community of people and keep in touch with them and, you know, try and create something other than just a big commercial enterprise. So, and it's expensive. And the website wasn't actually finished until, oh, was it September? getting on towards November, I think, in the end, when it actually was finished. So we had a void where we sort of almost didn't exist. Mm -hmm. The website wasn't done, and the uh, we were managing on eBay. Uh, the website wasn't finished. Uh, the unit was closed down. So then after that, you know, it started to pick up again. You know, we, we, we got um, the website up and running, which now looks great. Yeah, um, it's, it looks really good. We, We've got a great social media following on Facebook. On Facebook, we've got, I don't know, three or 4,000 followers. Uh, Instagram is slower to grow. We're working on Instagram. You know, I was, I was a late developer with Instagram. Everybody else was on it except me. So mm -hmm. we're working on Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel, the Phono Stage. It's Phono Stage Records. Our actual company name is Phono Stage Records, and our trading name is Phono Stage Audio. So the Phono Stage Records YouTube channel is getting more followers and more subscribers. Uh, so I don't take the website for granted. It's not the only way of, of engaging with people. And I don't really want it to be. We're really focusing a lot on social media and the blog um, and our YouTube channel and, and, all, and those conversations and fun things that we do on there, really, to try and be seen more. Yeah, well, I was just going to go on and ask sort of, what you post on your YouTube and your your blogs? I, I did have a, a look, but maybe for the listeners, do you want to share what you sort of do on those two platforms? Um, well, the, the YouTube uh, again, it's one of those things that we had it going years ago. But I think I made one video and then never made another one. You know, <laughs> I think I lost my videographer and then never recovered from it. So uh, you know, and, and time flies by, doesn't it? So I've started making videos again, uh, and I've probably done about half a dozen. Uh, we've managed to get 33 subscribers in a pretty short time. And it, they've had, some of them have had a couple of thousand views. So that is picking up on, on the little, you know, graph that they mm. give you. It's actually picking up pretty quickly. So if I keep making the videos, you know, it seems that they're engaging videos. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to get decent sound and stuff. So um, that is... Uh, there's some of those kind of, uh, you know, unboxing, you know, the unboxing of, you know, how to get such thing out of the box safely and put the bases on it without doing yourself a minor injury. And um, reviews will be going on there. So I'll be listening to things and reviewing them. 
And I don't want it to be just the things that we sell that we're reviewing. Yeah, it's in support of the business, but um, there's lots of interesting things that I'd like to talk about on the, you know, on that channel. You know, and got if I go somewhere like to a hi-fi show or a, anything, you know, I can get it up there. I can post it on the blog, on the web, which is on the website, and then I can get it up on the YouTube channel. So as I get better and better at it, or faster and faster at it, I think is more to the point. You know, um, editing stuff up as you probably know yourself takes flipping ages. Yeah. You've got to get quicker at it. Somehow, got got to get quicker. So there's, there's unboxing exposés and reviews and gossip and guided tours of places. I want to go around a couple of the factories or the workshops where some of our stuff is made. And I want to talk to some music people of note and get them on there, you know, um, and some manufacturers and designers that people would be interested in and trying to capture them in, you know, in a corner and get them to speak. That yeah. would be interesting. And yeah. then on Facebook, we... Um, it's a mixture of a few funny things, not too much of that, because you can. I think you can overdo it. Um, some product uh, stuff, we've got these in, we've got those in, these do this, these do that. Some stuff about the stars or, you know, it's a mix, the Facebook, and it does engage. That's where we really do engage a lot of people, you know, because it's a real mix. There's some of my own ramblings and writings, which is stuff off the blog. Um, and there are conversations that spring up on the Facebook page mm. uh, and it is such a mix that there's I'll bet that the people that follow are a very wide ranging group of people that in real life will have nothing very much to do with each other but there's something for each one of those people to get out yeah. of that so I'd say it's worth checking out the Facebook page which is at FOMO Stage Records just to get you know see if there's a anything that you might want to just throw your aura on there, bearing in mind I can block you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was just going to sort of end with asking um, where people can find more information about the things you sell and your, your blog and YouTube, where they can get in touch, how they can find you. So if you want to plug all your socials and your website and your phone number, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody about the hi-fi um, needs. I don't say, I'm not saying wishes, the needs, right? Okay, they are, the basic need. So um, I'm happy to talk to anybody about that. They can go, people can go on the website. And there, there, there can be, there's kind of an array of products and things at all different prices. And the knack, I think, with all those things, sometimes people know exactly what they want. Sometimes people are better having a conversation about it because the trick with these things is to find things that go together well. You know, they call it synergy, don't they? But we're part of synergy as well. We mustn't forget about our head is part mm -hmm. of that equation. So it's about what people themselves prefer and like and want. So it's better to think about that and have a bit of a conversation about it. Or to, so um, the website is phonostage.co.uk. There's no www in it because it's brand new and it's cool. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the social media pages, Facebook and Instagram is at Phono Stage Records. And the phone number, which you'll find on the front of the website, and all this stuff is on the website, link to the blog is on the website, um, is the phone number is 01772 871 233. So, um, 
you know, I get, I get calls about many different things. If we can help, we'll help. And if we can't help, we'll try and point you in the direction of someone, be, you know, someone that can help you. So, um, yeah, look forward to seeing some people pop up on Facebook or something and say, I heard you on the Lancashire last, you know, uh, podcast. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this podcast to sort of promote these independent businesses that, and especially in the pandemic that have been shut like yourselves to try and boost your followers, boost people who might, you know, think, oh, I actually was wanting a hi-fi system. I didn't know where to get one in Preston. Well, now they do and they'll know exactly where to go and who to get in touch with. So yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on today and for chatting about that. It's been really interesting. No, thank you very much. It's a, it's a great opportunity, but it's, it's good to get out and be podcasting or something as well. It's something I'd like to do a bit more of. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. For more information or to get in contact with Tony, you can find him on 01772 871233 or on Facebook and Instagram at Phono Stage Records or on their website, which is phonostage.co.uk. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire lass.